Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Christian Scott, Senior IT Manager at New Directions Behavioral Health. Hey, Christian, how's it going today? Uh, it's going It's going really well. Thank you. So this, I uh, heard that this is your first ever podcast, right? That's, that's true. We're that's all true. being, we're all being treated to uh, the premiere uh, of uh, uh, Christian's uh, uh, podcast career here. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Um, uh, uh, first, uh, I want to, before, I know you usually do as random access memories, I'm going to do it in a second, but just, I'm really interested in New Directions Behavioral Health. What, real quick, what do they do? So they provide what would typically be called the EAP benefit for most companies. So if you, if you had some need um, for your employees to have access to um, you know, counselors or clinicians or things like that, uh, that's what that benefit is for. So it's part of your health benefit that you typically get through HR. Well, they negotiate these things with various insurance companies. And we fill that little niche on the EAP side, the behavioral health portion. So I, I think this is a, I think I think it's fantastic. I, I absolutely love uh, that this um, company exists <laughs> and uh, we're going to be diving into it uh, a little bit more. Um, let's start with our segment, our icebreaker segment, uh, random access memories. Um, I uh, ask a question and you just respond with the answer that comes to your head first. Very simple. Okay. Your first question is, what's your favorite keyboard shortcut? My favorite keyboard. <laughs> Copy and paste. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I knew that was going to be it. It's uh, just, <laughs> you know, I would have to probably put a close second as Control Z, you know, the undo. <laughs> See, I Control just, Z is mine. <laughs> Control Z is mine. I just, yeah, yeah, I love copy paste, but like the amount of times Control Z has saved me, you know, it's a. Uh, if there was a life Control Z, I, I, I would have, you know, I'd be like, there All we, right, go. we got it. You just need that on our watch or our smartphones or something. Oh, Control Z button. There we go. <laughs> oh, I sent a text message. Well, Control Z, Control Z. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Your uh, computer display says press any key. What key do you press? I usually hit the space bar. Space bar. Space. That's interesting. I go for the inner key. Why the why the space bar? It's huge. You don't even have to look. <laughs> I mean, you can just, you know, slam right in the middle of your keyboard. You're pretty much guaranteed to hit the space bar. You know what? You, you might have converted me. I might now. Uh, decide I'm just going to hit the space bar because that you're right. It's just got so much, uh, though it's been shrinking lately, I've been seeing it kind of get smaller and smaller. Uh, yeah, it depends. You know, some of the manufacturers, they like to toy around with space because it, it becomes a real estate option, mm -hmm. right? On your desk, right? Yeah. And the more the functions they think that they can cram onto a keyboard, which most people aren't going to use <laughs> other than the regular keys. There you go. So. There you go. All right. Well, your last one, and it was it, apparently it was peripheral day when I was uh, creating these, but uh, mouse pad or no mouse pad? Actually, I have a desk pad. All right. You have to explain. Uh, so it's a mouse pad that is literally uh, two and a half feet wide by 18 inches deep. It so it's is like one of those gamer. Material. Gamer pad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. And I have it on both my desks, both my work desk and my personal desk. Um, 
it's a view of the galaxy or a view of a galaxy, not our galaxy, but. And, it, um, and, and I'm sure it's heavily, you know, heavily doctored by somebody with artistic skill. Uh, but it's it's beautiful. And, you know, I don't have to worry about where I set my mouse down um, or my mouse going off the edge or even because uh, I used to game a lot. Yeah. So, so you, you know, you would travel all over. Everywhere. It That's travels right. all around the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to get so, updated once now that the James Webb telescope's right. out. I've got unlimited real estate because I have infinite (laughs) galaxy mouse pad. There you go. It's free real estate. So the, um, all right. Uh, let's, let's get into a little bit about your, um, uh, your company. Uh, you had mentioned that, uh, this fulfills the EAP, uh, uh, benefits that a lot of, a lot of companies, uh, put out there and have become so immensely popular and, um, and helpful, uh, since, uh, you know, you know, the things that have gone on in the past couple of years. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, have you guys seen a, a marketed increase in, uh, in, uh, EAP usage? Oh yeah. 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 Especially during the last couple of years, but even before then there, there was this benefit that was, you know, slowly being adopted by, you know, fortune 100 companies and then fortune 500 companies. And then it just, kept going over the years and you know it's it's been growing it's been growing a lot and now that we have better mental health awareness you know collectively as a society and less of a stigma around it Mm -hmm. i think that's still there to some extent in in some areas but uh, we're making really good headway on it and this growth is just phenomenal. It, it it really is. That's amazing, and that's fantastic too. That's exactly what you uh, what you want to see in a company. So, how do you, um, as the senior IT manager at New Directions Behavioral Health, how do you uh, contribute and and help uh, and help with that growth? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff that comes along with that growth, right? Right, right. So. You know, there's some strategy uh, involved. You're you're constantly looking at new technologies, a ton of projects, projects all the time. And at this point in IT, probably with just about any company, the majority of IT is focused on projects. I mean, you you've got some a small amount that's break fix, right, or enhancements for app devs for the app dev side. But all in all. It's usually lots and lots of projects. So, so what type of projects are you working on over there? Um, well, we've done uh, cloud migration projects to move uh, portions of our data centers into the cloud to give us better disaster recovery response, things like that. And then there's also the fact that before the pandemic, our company was actually about 60% remote already. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. well, that's it was just part of our business model, yeah. right? Um, but about 80% of the company already had the ability to go and work remotely, uh, either with uh, our VDI or because they had mobile technology, laptops, so on and so forth, right? So, so you, uh, so I mean, when you look at that, I mean, that was that must have been a <laughs> you must have been smiling when uh, uh, the requirement came out, and you guys already it, had a good portion of it already set up. Yeah, it literally just took about a week and a half to convert the last twenty percent to be able to go remote, and a lot of that was 
the actual shipping of monitors, you know, keyboards, mice to these people so they could take them home uh, along with their desktops. And then, of course, installing firewalls and VPNs onto their their uh, desktops and micro machines that uh, they were using. Wow. Uh, um, when you, uh, you know, when you, when you look at the projects and stuff that are on your, uh, on your plate now, um, what are, you know, what are they mostly centered around? Are they, uh, you know, centered around strategy for kind of revenue generation or are they, are they, uh, um, projects to improve processes? Uh, what are the types of projects that you're working on in that regard or a mixture? Maybe, I don't know. They, yeah, they kind of run the gambit a little bit. Some of it is, uh, you know, infrastructure upgrades uh, because we've held off for several years mm-hmm. due to the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, the supply chain issues. So we're starting to do those infrastructure upgrades, even though some of them are two, almost three years behind schedule. Uh, other things are uh, software augmentation to allow for better. Uh, throughput for our end users to get to the services that they need. Um, you know, we're we're running into that uh, quite often, and then of course enhancements of those services to not only get more of them out there, but to get them to them faster. Because uh, that's that time to service in uh, the medical field is quite long. I mean, I don't know if you've tried to create an appointment with a doctor of any type, right? Yeah. You you might as well be six weeks out. Yeah, um, you, you have to wait. I mean, it's, you know, you go right. to, and, you know, I also wondered about that limitation. Is that limitation on the doctor side or is that the limitation on uh, on anything else? Um, uh, I think some of it's, I think some of it's the doctor or the hospital or, um you know, that business side. And I think some of it's uh, with the insurance and just the lack of resources kind of across the board. Um, we're able to get that down uh, in some instances down to a matter of days wow. instead of six weeks when somebody calls in and they have a problem. Um, but it's still not quite there yet. It's just... It's just one of those things. It's one of those areas that we keep trying to improve because, you know, with behavioral health, I mean, it could be anything. It could be people needing, uh, you know, uh, 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 alcohol anonymous group or something for an autistic child or relative that they're taking care of or, um, you know, bipolar or so on and so forth. Other other behavioral issues. Yeah, that's what I was going to say that. it sounds to me like getting that, um, getting that time to, uh, you mentioned, what was it? Time to, what was it? It's the, time to service or time to, time uh, to service. Yeah. Yeah. T- getting the time to service down is not only a great, um, uh, feat from an IT perspective and a service perspective, but, um, it's also a great thing, uh, from a, um, being able to treat the individual that just needs to get something ASAP. I mean, sometimes things pop up and like you mentioned, and they might be super critical and getting somebody in as quickly as possible. So you can address the issue while it's fresh and, uh, um, and help them make, uh, important, you know, decisions moving forward. Uh, that seems to me like that's super critical and, you know, coming from a background of healthcare that I do, uh, that I, I've had in the past, um, 
I know how critical it is and, and kind of have a, a, you know, space in my heart for trying to make sure that patients get the, uh, um, uh, the service that they need as soon as possible. So, uh, I, a, a big, uh, um, you know, uh, is, I think that people maybe don't understand the amount of weight is on your shoulders when you work healthcare. Um, it, there's lots of regulation. There's lots of um, demand. Uh, you don't get all the resources in the world to do the things you need to do. And, and the people that are working in it generally have a, um, you know, have a uh, purpose of trying to make sure that their, their customers uh, and their patients get the service they deserve. Uh, so it's a big piece of my heart <laughs> goes out to the folks working healthcare and, and how difficult it is. Uh, do you run into a lot of, um, uh, you must run into a lot of security challenges? Uh, uh, we do, but luckily, you know, we have a fantastic security team. Uh, we have, uh, just short of 20 people on it. Um, and they have several, several layers of security to their stack, of course. And, you know, we have to follow all those same regulations. You know, HIPAA, we get SOC 2 audited, um, you know, and all these other compliance things uh, via the contracts that we have either with the government or our um, insurance partners, things like that. Yeah. It's, it's There's so much to it. <laughs> there's There's a lot to it. And... You know, occasionally you'll think, oh, it'd be nice to implement this technology. And then when you're starting to do your your TRO, your security review, you're like, oh, it just doesn't quite meet up. And then so you have to, you either have to go, well, we can't use it for that. Or, you know, we're just going to have to wait for it to mature. Yeah, that's I'm, God, that's such a great, uh, a great response to um, a lot of people. Um, I've seen, we have this kind of a, maybe approach where they, they think, you know, I, I work on this and I'll, you know what, this isn't going to work for us. And then they, they move on. But I actually like your approach of, we have to wait for it to mature, you know, let's, let's just not make a decision right here on this, on this specific piece, keep an eye on it. And maybe in the future, we'll get something a little, you know, you know, something better. Um, yeah, it's a great, uh, a great way to look at it because IT is constantly evolving, and not just IT. The number of solutions out there that you know uh, um, that you can implement and bring up, especially with these SaaS applications coming up every ten seconds. Um, you know, there's a new one for to do something. There's an app for that. You know, uh, you know, out there, and there are so many different ways to do it. But when you look at healthcare, uh, it's like you know, uh, where do you store that EPHI? Oh there yeah that's not going to work so it's yeah. always a it's always a big deal and not only not just that not just the patient stuff but you know the regulations and in uh you know how patients have to sign forms and how they have to submit them uh it is really uh you really really have to look at the entire process and i think when i worked in healthcare and maybe you can kind of give us some examples of this i was constantly looking at the way that uh um, processes were done and trying to fix them, correct them, make them more efficient, uh, and uh, pull out the pieces that made uh, a opposed a risk to EPHI. Right, right. Yeah, you know, some of the things that frustrate me about technology and healthcare in general was 
um, before I got to this company was the sheer lack of digital solutions. And, you know, and I, I, I've been at this company almost six years now. Um, and almost everything is digital here. Mm-hmm. Almost every single thing. And occasionally we do have to fax things, um, but we fax it from a digital fax. Yeah. Right. We never actually have the sheet of paper in our hand. It's, it's always sent that faxing from, is still a thing, but yeah. it's still still going strong in 2022. <laughs> yeah. And it's still, you know, considered secure. Yeah. Uh, just because of the, the method of uh, transmission. So, um, and some doctors, offices, and uh, clinics, the reason they only accept facts, believe it or not, is because they don't have internet or Wi-Fi. Uh, wow. Wow. I mean, but I can see you it. Know, yeah. And the, and the thing is, if you're there and you have patients uh, that have behavioral issues, you know, this is just with a behavioral clinic right? You don't want them to have access to the internet either. You don't want them to have something that could trigger, you know, some kind of response. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's, you don't, you don't consider these things right. and then they, they become severely eye-opening, right? Uh, and also, for instance, a, a funny thing, technology-wise, you go into some of these places and they won't let you bring in stuff for when you're doing when you're doing an audit they won't let you bring in an ipad or a tablet or a laptop to take notes or right so you have to bring in the paper form when you're doing those things and these are just things that i've learned over time Uh, it's not something our technical staff obviously has to do but you know you learn about people's jobs and what they do even if it's outside of it uh, so you can better understand how to service those areas of your corporation. So I, I, you know, I love that, that thought of, um, you know, you're trying to do it for folks that don't even have the basics of what we think it is. Right. But, but that being mm-hmm. said, you, you, you know, um, it is moving information around, Right. It's it's understanding the right. processes that that get uh, information from A to A to B. So, um, you know, when we look at uh, how we do IT, regardless if there's no internet, regardless if there's nothing here, the, then the question, beca- you know, is well, okay, well, what are you doing with your data, right? How are you securing right. your data? Um, how are you getting it from where it needs to go, uh, from where it is to where it needs to go? And you know, and and I think I think that that's regardless of um, not having an internet or not doing stuff, you still you still got to figure that piece out. Where where is your data live? Uh, how, you know, what do you need to what do you need to do to get it from where it needs to go? Right? What do you still kind of bring in that mindset even when things uh, start to kind of uh, um, look like you're in the the 1980s? <laughs> Yeah, sneaker net. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about processes, mm-hmm. right? And your process has to be repeatable. It has to be repeatable and consistent. Uh, so sometimes you are going to have some processes that seem kind of archaic to you. Uh, and they may have a very good reason for uh, being that way. So, for instance, I'll take that example where somebody goes in and they have to audit one of these 
clinical sites, right? That doesn't have technology uh, there. You know, they're not allowing cell phones. They're not allowing internet, things like that. Um, so you go in, you do the paper, and then you do the paper report or, or the uh, audit. And then you go back to your computer at your desk or, you know, your, your uh, mobile station, and then you're going to scan it in. Um, and that may simply be taking a picture with your cell phone and emailing it so you can attach it into, um, into your office location uh, software. So, uh, you know, as painful as that sounds, it is still a process and it gets the job done. And you may not have processes like that across the board, but you may have an, an exception. Right. You may have an exception that's not fully automated. Right. I, I, you know, I think that that's such, Christian, that's such a, um, a great, um, you know, kind of thing for people to understand uh, when they do IT, because I know that we, when we do IT, we want everything to be, you know, the latest, greatest, you know, trying to push stuff up. But there's so many different ways you can do things. There's so many different processes you can put forth. And, and, I used to, you know, I tell people when, you know, when they come in and, and they, and we go through, uh, different solutions, you know, they want to put, you know, I want to use this technology. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I say, wait, 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 tell me first what you're trying to do. Right. And don't use technology. Just tell me where, where, where things are, uh, what things do. And I get them into a process discussion, put the process together and then layer on the technology on top of that. And, uh, it sounds like that's a very, very familiar way of doing it and essentially what you do as well um is get the processes down you know it is you know in in one in one aspect it's it's about solving problems right Mm -hmm. you're 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 there to solve problems but at its core it's very core is customer service if you think about it you are simply there to make somebody's day better Right. And you're using technology to do that. Now, whether that technology is allowing a person to do their job, um, you know, a thousand percent better than they could do manually. Right. Or you're making it to where that they can communicate to a, a huge mass of people. Right. But you that you are simply there to make somebody's day better you're doing that customer service but you're doing it through technology by solving the problem to enhance what what your end your end point is going to do i i i you know i I'm a, i couldn't have said it better i think that's exact i i think that's a just a great line uh, uh you know for out there for everyone to to remember is that that's what IT is about, customer ser- uh, customer service, and it is. It's essentially making someone say, "I love, the, I love that quote." Um, you are, uh, you know, I went, I, you know, I look at everybody's LinkedIn and kind of go through their stuff and all that type of things. I was looking at your um, uh, uh, a couple of things on your on your uh, website. So you're you're an MBA, you got an MBA, right? I do. Yeah. So let's talk about that because. Um, I've always, I've always been fascinated um, uh, in this. Do you feel, uh, um, and in which ways do you feel that your MBA contributes uh, to your decision making in uh, IT? Well, the thing that I learned the most during my MBA was it depends. 
And that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> so let me, maybe I should back up a minute. So, you know, I was a systems engineer before I got my MBA. And everybody kept telling me I needed to, you know, I needed to focus on on one thing. I needed to specialize. And I tried. You know, I looked at being a DBA. I looked at being a programmer. Um, and while I could do some of those things, I wasn't very good at it. And it wasn't interesting to me. Now, there's nothing wrong with those roles. It's just not for me. And that's fine. That's good to get that realization on. And then I had a previous manager, we were talking about this and I was telling them, you know, my conundrum and they were like, oh, well, you probably should go into management. You know, I think, I think you have really good customer service skills. You're great at dealing with people and technology and you can kind of, you know, straddle that, that area between technology and people. And I said, oh, well, that sounds great. Well, I already had, um, a couple of MCSEs and a bunch of other certifications. And I was like, oh, well, I, 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 need to, I need to pick a degree to go into, right? And then I was like, oh, well, I should pick something that's outside of what I currently do. And I was like, oh, well, I need to understand the business better if I'm going to be a good manager, right? Because I want to understand why the business makes the decisions that they do, right? Some of it's finance. Right. But some of it's also politics. Some of it's just the way the the that business is going or that business field is going. Uh, so there's a lot into it, marketing, things like that. And I was like, OK, after talking to a couple of counselors, they said, we think you want an MBA. And I was like, OK, tell me what that's all about. And they were like, it's it's about running a business. I was like, perfect. That's what I want to learn how to do. I want to learn how to run a business. And so that's why I chose an MBA. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that choose an MBA because they want to run their own business. That's not what I wanted to do. But I wanted to understand how I, as an IT manager, could better help my business by understanding the way that they thought about what they did. That's that's just a fantastic way to pick a degree to go after it is to, you know, identify that. Um, and what a great way to describe an MBA. Uh, um, I, I think that that's, I, that's, that's fantastic. I always think that understanding the business is what is, is kind of the key to um, implementing solutions that fit the business, right? Uh, you know, aligning your IT with the strategy of the company uh, kind of helps you when you're going down that road. Um, so I can, so I, I get the, I get the thought process and I also get the, it depends <laughs> part of it, right? Because it, it really, you're right. It does depend, right? Your MBA might, uh, they might tell you, Hey, this is how this company is going to be running things, but every company is different and they all make decisions mm-hmm. based on different things and different solutions. And especially when you go into industry specific, um, where, um, folks might have, you know, years and years and years of industry-specific knowledge that they're applying, and you're like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> right? And they're like, "Hold on, let me let me explain to you the five years of uh, of, uh, of of experience I have on why we're doing this." You know, and uh, ends up being a book. Um, what um, 
when you're when you talk about your MBA, though, um, I think that kind of probably helped in a lot of different ways too, right? I mean, I know you've got um, some project management background and some mm-hmm. uh, team management background. Um, I'm sure that helped there. Yeah. So when I was working on my MBA, I you know I had some uh, electives I was going to have to select and. I was talking to one of my instructors and they said, well, you know, with what you're wanting to do, you might look at doing the project management courses. You'll get a project management cert out of it. And I, I thought about it. I was like, that's perfect. Because as a manager, you you want all the tools you can possibly get to to better manage your own resources, you know, your team resources. And I thought, hey, that's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of took that to heart and I dove into that. And so over time, IT has become this project management, technology management mashup. Mm-hmm. And you're constant, everything that you do is, is, you know, a project in one form or another. Um, even if it is a very small project <laughs> at some point, right? But, uh, you know, that helps the way that you think about, you know, point A to point B and everything that's going to get you through that, that obstacle course there to make it as much of a straight line, find that critical path, figure out where your resources need to go, the timing of things. And that way you're not, you're not kind of getting snowed by the steps you're missing in your, in your own head. Uh, so when you're designing those projects or designing those solutions, whether it's for a customer, internal or external, you know, those project management skills, they've come in handy for me over and over again. Um, and I finished my MBA in 08. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's been a good decade plus that, uh, that I constantly, you know, go back to using those skills almost on a daily basis. Wow. And, so. Well, that's a, you know, that's kind of for our listeners, that's kind of a uh, a wake up call there, right? So uh, if you want to make your life just a little bit easier when it comes to projects, uh, you know, um, maybe not necessarily have to get an MBA, but uh, no. definitely, definitely dip into some project management, uh, uh, you know, courses and stuff like that and get some uh, um, training in that regard. Um, yeah. A lot of schools of thought when it comes to project management, too. It I, When I started... There's a lot of flavors. Into- it's yeah. so much. And, you know, I know the, um, I, even if we you know, just talk about it, because agile methodology has become, you know, the de facto standard when you talk about, you know, DevOps and, and, uh, um, you know, and development and all that stuff. But <clears throat> when, uh, you know, but when you're talking about infrastructure projects and just, you know, regular, um, you know, support projects, um, people don't necessarily take a second and think, should I do a waterfall approach? Should I do agile? Is there a method in between? You know, is there a different methodology I should be using? So um, when it comes to project management, uh, at the end of the day, it's a process. It, it really is. It's about having that consistent process. We talked about earlier on, uh, you know, having all this terminology around it, calling it, you know, waterfall or agile or Scrum, whatever you want to do for that methodology, that's fine. But you recognize that it's simply a process. And as long as it's consistent and you pay attention to the details, 
it doesn't matter which one you're using. You can use Waterfall for software development. You can use Agile for infrastructure projects. They're not quite formulated for those, but they can be done as long as you're consistent about it and you pay attention to the details. But the most important thing about project management is learning how to pay attention to those details, the timing of the realistic timing of, you know, those tasks or those stories, so on and so forth, and then getting them in line with everything else. So that way you get to your end goal. You get to that, that shiny city on the hill that you're aiming for. So, I, I, all right, we're going to continue the discussion on, on, on project management because um, <laughs> so, this is, I love learning new things and, and listening and talking to this. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is that I can actually, uh, um, you know, talk to individuals and learn from them and, and get new perspectives on this. So while I have you here, I'm going to pick your brain about this. So when we talk about one of the, I think one of the most challenging things for folks as I speak to them about projects is timing. Um, they always, you know, get very, very uh, leery about giving you an exact date and when they can have things and, and stuff, especially when I talk to people and say, you know, hey, how long is it going to take you to do this? And all of a sudden you have this tense up that happens and, you know, and then you kind of have to walk them through. What is the, the um, and I'm sure there's no just easy trick to it, but what are some of the things you've learned to make this an easier process? scheduling out the project, making sure you're putting the right amount of man or sorry, people hours to it and the right amount of, um, uh, uh, you know, the right amount of resources uh, to tasks so that uh, they're done on time or before they're due. <laughs> right. Right, you know? right, right. So w- what's your thought process on that? So there's a human element into it. Right. There's a there's a people element into everything you do, whether it's project management, technology, uh, team management. There's a there's a people element to it. So these people have other things to do than the one thing you're asking them to do. Right. So, for instance, uh, you have an engineer and you're asking them to spin up a virtual server. Well, you know, as a as a technology manager that they probably have a template for it or a script or whatever, and it's only going to take two hours or less to spin up that server, right? You know that. And so when you're creating the plan, you create that task, and then you're going to, you're going to give it a little bit of padding, 10 or 15%, you know, in case something goes a little bit wrong. But on average, that's what you're going to do. But you're not going to say that that's going to start Monday morning at 10 and be done at noon. You're just not going to do that. So what you're going to do as a good people person is you're going to ask that person, hey, I know you've got some things on your plate. I need this done by Wednesday or by Thursday or whatever. You know, do you think you can get it done for then? And and if they're like, yes, or I'll have it done on Tuesday, then you write in your project plan. That's that's where it's going, right? You give them, because they're the SME, right? You give them the ability to tell you when they can get it done, right? Now, some things become a little bit of a fire drill, and I understand that, right? But 
if you're gracious, if you if you make the effort to acknowledge that they're people, they have stuff going on too, other things that they're trying to break, fix, so on and so forth, other tasks that are either as high a priority as the one that you're asking them to do, then they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt, right? So if you're treating them with respect, asking their opinion, if it seems reasonable, you, you know, that's that's what you're going to put down. Now, if you ask them in another way, oh, hey, this is the project plan. I need this done. It has to be done by 12 o'clock. I know you can start it at 10 and it'll be done at 12 o'clock. You know, you're now holding them to that. And like you said earlier, where you where you were asking somebody and they get that that kind of caught in the headlights look, right? Mm-hmm. It's because they don't want to commit to a specific time. And it's it's because they're kind of overwhelmed with some of the other things that are going on that are popping in their head at that moment, right? So they're having a hard time to commit to a very specific time. That right? makes like complete it, sense. And it, it does. And it's just human nature. It's human nature. So you've got to adjust for the people element with projects or your projects fail. Yeah, that, that's, pro- that's some great, <laughs> some, this is really good uh, um, feedback. And I think uh, the people listening are definitely going to um, take this one to heart because I know it's, it is the, uh, it's a challenge that everyone, uh, uh, you know, kind of runs across. <laughs> you, you try to create a project and you're relying on other people like even when we were younger and in grade school, right. And they throw mm-hmm. you on a project with a bunch of people you didn't know. And, you know, you knew that you were going to have to rely. These people are now you're relying on them for your grade. Right. And mm-hmm. it's the same kind of concept here. I mean, you're relying on these folks. How do you get them to, you know, uh, uh, give you accurate information, stick, stick to your, uh, um, your project plan. And, I absolutely love your response, which is they're people, you know, you, you do it any which way you, you sure you uh, uh, interact with people on a daily basis and uh, um, and, you know, rely on them for other things. And you just have to, uh, you know, treat them as the human beings that they are and and, uh, um, you know, let them come up with, you know, what what is realistically the, the answer to it. Um, I know that some of them are going to give you dates that are way, way out. Uh, oh, sure. And you got to pull it back a little bit, right? Yeah. And as a good project manager, you understand how to leverage people, not in like a manipulative way. Yeah. yeah. You know, you give, you give them grace as much as you can. And then when you have something that, that needs to be done in a very short amount of time frame, you know, you're going to go to them and say, hey, I know this this just happened, but I need to have this, you know, part of the project crashed, right? I need to have it solved very quickly. And, you know, and you apologize and you ask if they can speed up what they need to do. And, you know, most of the time they'll reprioritize their task list for the day or the week or whatever to accommodate because you've given them grace before, you know. so. As you're thinking about it, you almost have to uh, you almost have to be a student of human nature to be a very good project manager, because that's what you're working with. You're working with other people constantly. 
there's an art so, there's an art form to it. Uh, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's the same thing with customer service. It's the same kind of uh, same thing. You know, like what you mentioned earlier, trying to put a smile on people's faces, and uh, um, there's an art form to that, right? You know, uh, people contact you; they're already they already know there's something wrong. They're at your mercy of trying to get it to fit and be fixed. And uh, um, and and the goal there, right, is to try and make it so that uh, they don't feel like it's their fault that the problem happened in the first place and, and, and trying to kind of work through that. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, um, a really good manager that one time uh, taught me a trick about uh, working with um, people on the support line. And what essentially what they, what they said is uh, don't ever ask if the computer's powered on, right? Instead, ask what color the light is on the computer, Right. Because then you're going to get your answer, but it comes across so much nicer, right? Hey, what color is the light? We all know that the light's really uh, usually just one color, right? But sometimes the end user doesn't know that. And asking what color light the it is gives gives them the response back to go, uh, oh, it's green, or I don't see a light. In which you go, right. oh, can you maybe something happened with the power? Can you turn that thing off, but unplug it and plug it back in and and, and, and that type of difference is like, a, like kind of what we mentioned, it's an art form. And it's kind of the same kind of concept you're talking about with the, uh, the project management, right? How, right. Do you, how do you work with somebody and pull down their defenses, just, uh, you know, get the information you want and then walk away and they still have a smile on their face feeling like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I got visited by the PM, but, you know, I still got, I still got the date I wanted, you know, you know, it's a win-win for both people. You know, and I've seen a lot of uh, project managers that, you know, kind of act like the watchdog, you know, is your task done? Is your task done? And they just keep repeating that question over and over and over again. And it's like, uh, that's, you know, you want your communication to be accurate, right? Timely, pertinent to the, to the subject and, you know, the, the uh, object at hand. But, you you can do it in a nice way. It's that whole you know more flies with with honey kind of thing, right? Um, so, and I I've never seen those people be very successful as project managers. The people well, that are just watch watchdogs. Well, to um, your to your point, the best project manager I ever dealt with um, would come up and sit down right next to me and say. Hey, here are the pieces. Here, here are the things that you've you've got working on. Uh, I saw you've changed the progress on some of these, um, but these are still kind of outstanding. What issues? What challenges are you running into to resolve these? Uh, how can I help you? How can I help? Yeah, I was, and, and I abs- and and I would just sit down and explain it. And most of the time, it was you know either a political. Uh, issue, you know, I can't do this because uh, this, you know, this and this is in my way, or money, or uh, or it was just resources. Hey, listen, I'm just I don't have enough resources to to um, you know, to put on this project. You can kind of help me, uh, uh, you know, with getting some resources for it. Then we can, yeah, we can get that done in no time. And um, uh, and every time uh, uh, that PM, I mean, he would go back and and they would just knock it out. And I, I always thought that 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 was the way to handle it. <laughs> that was that was the way, like you mentioned, that made me felt like a person. 
you know, and he, understanding my challenges and being able to help help me kind of overcome those challenges. So, yeah, it, removing roadblocks is 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 just one of the the great ways you deal with the people element, right? I think that's I think it's fantastic. So, uh, keeping on our um, our people element, uh, let's talk about team management, right? Um, okay. uh, you, uh, you currently have a team. I do. Yeah, I do. I have a couple of developers, um, testers, and then, uh, engineers. So, and then so. you had also mentioned that the majority of your company is remote, very similar to the company that I work for as well. And, uh, a team being remote has its own challenges when it comes to team management. Um, what, uh, what some of the yeah. challenges you, you experience in that? Well, with remote people, you you have this ability to get up from your desk and go around your house. Um, so if you're actually in a physical work environment, you get up from your desk, you know, I may pass you in the office and then have some side conversations with you, right? So at at a certain point in an office, I can find you even if you're not at your desk. And I need somebody, right, <laughs> for something. Um, but in a remote setting, it becomes a little bit harder. It all depends on the technology, right? Uh, at my current uh, workplace, uh, our our uh, our our bring your own devices are locked down heavily, mm-hmm. so it's just not a great way to get a hold of somebody. That's healthcare. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, in most other companies, that's going to be probably, oh, I can't reach Christian on his desk phone. I'll just call his cell phone, right? Um, or I'll just message him, you know, on on the uh, the corporate messaging system and it'll ping his cell phone. Well, we don't get that option. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's one of the challenges. Uh, you know, the other is schedules. Your schedules become a little more elongated when you're working remotely, um, That's true. because you're more, you're more likely to, to stop by your desk and, and do something as you think of, Oh, I've got a solution for that. I should, I should go send that email right now. Right. Or you send it from your phone, but, um, your, your availability to work is there, but you're, you're also more likely to take a longer lunch to compensate for some of that time. Mm-hmm. Right. Or to be 15 minutes later in the morning because you know you're going to be working 15, 30, 45 minutes longer in the afternoon, right? Whatever happens to be the case. So uh, with that shift or that fuzziness in some of those hours, you know, it does make it harder to, to work with people. So I think the, the meetings are fine, um, but you still have that that get to know you talk doesn't happen in meetings very often. So I think that that's this, what makes that kind of difficult. I think it's a good point. And, and that, that human element uh, that you mentioned, the human nature element is, uh, is another piece that you have to work really hard at uh, to keep up. Right. right? Uh, that's the, that's the piece that, um, that is a tough thing to, to crack, right? Because you're, you're trying to, you know, and I don't know if I'm not, I'm not very good at text messaging. I don't, I don't, I don't like text messaging. I like picking up the phone. I like to talk to people. It's probably why I'm doing the podcast. I like to talk to people. Right. Um, 
I, I, I'm just a, that's, I've always been like that. And, um, my kids, they love, they love to text message. Right. And so I have to sit there and text message them back and I'm just not good. I'm just not good at, um, I try my best, uh, but it's, it's, it's difficult. So when you talk about a setting and trying to, um, you know, uh, be remote and, uh, you know, and, 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 sit there and try and t- text, Hey, try this. Can you do this? Can you do this? It feels disconnected. It feels like it's not um, like I'm not making a personal connection with somebody unless I'm actually right. talking to them. Uh, what about you? Is that similar or so viewpoint? I kind of have this rule around communication. Okay. There is a, there is a proper medium for every type of communication. Now, if you need somebody to just get a message to, right, you need to tell them some piece of information, but it doesn't really require a conversation, you know, that's what email and text messages are for, right? Granted, you can put more content into an email, but it's not meant for a bunch of back and forth. It's not it's not like the old days of writing letters to a pen pal and, you know, getting something back every single time you wrote them a letter. Right. That's not quite what email was for, um, but it does solve some of that. So but text messaging, it's more shorter messages. It's supposed to be, you know, just kind of FYI or, hey, I saw this or, you know, what did you think about that kind of thing? Not a huge conversation. Now. I'm digressing just a little bit, but my wife will text me from the first floor of our house because I'll be up in the office on the second floor and she'll text me, Oh, Hey, could you come down and, you know, help me get this jar open? And I'm like, "Mm, that's not really, you know, I'm in the same house as you, (laughs) right? You're like 20 feet away. (laughs) So, so I've gotten those before too. So, you know, you just, you know, but, I've I've also had people want to have this long conversation via text. And I'm like, at a certain point, I just pick up the phone and call them. I'm like, this will be easier if we just call on the phone or meet face to face. We can hash this all out, you yep. know, and we, we won't have to hurt our thumbs. So <laughs> I'm right there with you on texting. But, you know, as I said, every medium has its a- appropriate level of communications. And I think people don't always think about that when they're using one. Sometimes they have a go-to, right? That they only ever do because they don't want to bother with the other. And, you know, texting may be uh, that one thing for, you know, you and your family with your kids or whatever. So, you know, every, everybody's a little bit different. So. Well, exactly. And, you know, um, I'm actually going to take this, take this uh, chance. We're going to be coming up on our, um, our next segment, the uh, IT crystal ball. And I think this is a great option. What the IT crystal ball does, this segment basically is uh, talks about the future of what, what's coming for IT. And it, and it does so through uh, um, folks like yourself that are in it, are seeing it, are seeing the patterns and where things are going. And so, you know, I was, debating on whether or not I was going to touch on project management on this or anything. But actually, uh, based on your answers with communication, I want to talk about the future of communication because uh, there's a whole generation that's coming up 
um, you know, for example, my kids, uh, you know, that are, they're, they're, you know, they're in their teens right now and they're going to be entering the workforce. Well, I, Hey, my, uh, my oldest has already entered the workforce, uh, and is already at her first job. It got her first paycheck the other day and, uh, she was super oh, congratulations. excited. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And she was super excited. And then she looked at, uh, um, you know, what's social security and medicare what's right? like, <laughs> and i'm like oh well welcome to working so um, welcome to being an adult <laughs> so uh she was able to see this but they communicate um and i'm you know i don't want to generalize but uh, um at least my kids <laughs> communicate very differently than uh than some of the folks that are off right now and mm-hmm. they're going to be entering the workforce and starting to steer that communication um and, and, and as that generation that's very, very uh, um, good at uh, texting and creating short messages and sending them out and uh, short, concise text messaging, which already is a is a talent in itself, um, uh, sharing videos that are, you know, 20 seconds long and conveying an idea. These are very important kind of uh, changes that are going to be coming up uh, to the, the new workforce, especially since. Um, you know, it's you know, related over to the behavioral health are now going to be dealing with uh, more and more these individuals uh, that want to be communicated that way. So there's mm-hmm. a right. So what do you think the um, the future of uh, communication is? I mean, obviously, it'll include faxing. We all know that. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. But what do you think? The, what do you think the future of communication is going you know, I think I think a lot of it is going to be short snippets like it currently is via, you know, Twitter and uh, YouTube and TikTok. Uh, that kind of entertainment, you know, is going to have its mainstay for quite some time uh, because it's a generational thing, right? Uh, you know, th- when you think about TV, you know, years and years ago, kind of pre-internet, you know, you had a set time. If you wanted to watch a show, you had to be in front of your TV at six o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night or whatever, and you had to have everything set to go so you could watch it without interruption, right? We don't have that society anymore. People have moved on, they've adjusted. And I think that's going to continue to happen. As technology evolves, it's going to continue to happen. But the future of communication technology, in my opinion, is is going to be, unfortunately, more wearable technology. Uh, less, I, I think we're going to evolve away from the cell phone, right? I think we're, you know, whether it's going to be either smart glasses or or some kind of wrist technology or maybe even embedded technology like Neuralink. Um, we're going to have some kind of more wearable technology. And it's going to be a little more robust, but it's also going to show those short bursts of information. You're you're not going to get you're not going to get the whole news article anymore. You know, people aren't going to pay attention to that because they've been programmed, you know, via the way society is right now, that they just want the snippets, they just want the highlights or the the headline, right? Um not that that's not going to cause its own problems. I'm, I'm sure there will be a learning curve. There will be spin on everything. There will be shorthand, all of those things. But 
the message is they're just going to stay short. People are just not going to invest the time in that. So they're going to need communication that can relay those short messages, those short bursts of communication to you. And I think wearable technology is probably where it's going to be at. Oh, it's so interesting. And in, in, in that kind of a um in that kind of a thought process, it makes um honing your message and uh um picking your words carefully uh such a uh, um an important talent to have uh moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it there's this genre of storytelling which is like two sentence oh gosh i'm probably misremembering it's like two sentence horror stories or two sentence oh i know I, I, yeah, I, yeah 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 I yeah you, yeah and the, the one i always remember is you're the last person on earth and you hear a knock at the door <laughs> and you're yes. like you know it's like it's to the point it's a short message it tells the story right it tell it makes it suspenseful but it's going to have to be those kinds of creativity uh, to to keep this generation informed on what what's happening around them without going into every little detail, you know, reading the whole article, things like that, because they're just not going to do it. Now, that's not to say that, and and that was a, a bit of a genera- uh, generalization, uh, but it's not to say that that those things don't have their merit. Right. They do. They definitely do. But there's going to be a huge portion of, you know, this generation and probably the next. They're just not going to be interested in it. They're just inundated with so many lines of communication. That's that a, they're, they're only going to take the highlights. That's a great way to put it, though. You know, uh, give me as much info as I can from a, just quick snippets and then I'll find out what I want and, and dive into it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, such an interesting conversation uh, we had. Um, nerds, this is uh, um, your host, Michael Moore, on Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Um, I've been the, the pleasure of talking with Christian Scott, um, Senior IT Manager at New Directions Behavioral Health. Thank you so much, Christian, for uh, um, stopping by and, and doing this. And uh, I would uh, I'd love to have you on uh, uh, again uh, when you get the time. Okay. I. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. The conversation was uh, fantastic, and I'd love to have more of it.